0: Pastor Varun and Pastor Don Hopperson would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church, Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's dynamic teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. Let me record this. Okay, Katrina saw a vision. She saw many bottles or containers, and one bottle labeled money. Another bottle label, fame, success, good job, whatever, prosperity, and one label, one bottle label, kingdom of God, and God showed her that if we put the kingdom of God at the end, zero, all the label, all the all other bottles are zero, 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 zero. So when you put other things, fame, money, in front of the kingdom of God, zero, 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 1. The, the kingdom of God is one. But when you switch the kingdom of God to come first, before all these zero, what happened? One, zero, 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 zero. Which one is better? Amen. This is a revelation. Amen. If you put the kingdom of God first, all the rest will come, and even better than you try to do it yourself. Amen. So I, I love this vision. It's great. It's cool, amen. It's cool, <laughs> hallelujah. Last Sunday, I was talking about the baptism with fire, and if you want to hear more about it, you can get the CD, order the CD. We have CD series. We you can order CD every Sunday. How much per quarter? You don't remember. you can order CD from every Sunday and we give you a box and you can put in that uh, folder to listen every... I I want to encourage you to listen to the teaching many, many times because your faith comes by hearing and hearing of the Word of God. All these 20-something years, I have been a Christian for 25 years. I came out from Buddhism and all these years, one thing that I have done every single day is that I listen... To the, pre- to the anointed preaching and teaching many, many times many, many times I grow so much by listening to the anointed teacher I never sit in my car without listening to any teaching I always spend time on the freeway listening to anointed teaching and preaching of the word of God if you, I can challenge you to go to my car right now my car parked in, uh, park in the school if you go to my car, you see bunches of tape and CD in my car. I, I, Sometimes I want to listen, to. So I jam into the car, and I don't know which one I can listen first. So it's pine up more and more because I want to listen to everyone, but I can listen to only one at a time. I love to listen to the Word of God. So please make sure you get all this CD. Amen. We are not doing this for money. We are not trying to do commercial thing. We just want to get the Word of God out. People in our sister churches listen to our sermon about five times each can you imagine that's why they're on fire right now that i heard that even new believers can prophesy now i heard a few days ago that five years old kid in the church just accepted christ three months ago began to pray like a pray warrior pray like a doubt pray and lay hand on the sick and the sick the sick got healed immediately Because of faith that they have, they listen to the CD with their mom and their dad all the time. Can you imagine? You know, we are in America, we should not take this for granted, that we have everything around us, and we just take it for granted. We should really get hungry for the Word of God. I want to encourage all of you, not only to listen to CD, you know, you need to spend devotion time. Amen? You need to spend time talking to God when you wake up in the morning. How many people say, good morning, God? Or you just go on with your life. Every morning I wake up. Good morning, Father. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Today I'm going to walk with you the whole day again. And then you pray, talk, talk to God all day. You spend time with Him. You read His Word. You need to feed yourself. Just don't depend on Sunday preaching. Amen. I want to encourage everyone to spend devotion time with God and talk to God. Talking to God, listening to God. The Bible says in 1 Thessalon- Thessalonians 5, verse 18, prayer without ceasing. Prayer without stopping. Talking to God all day long. Amen. Hallelujah. Last Sunday, we learned about baptism of fire. I will review a little bit here. And in the preaching last time, we were talking about two kinds of fire. The first kind is the fire of the Holy Ghost. They come and touch you and burn and purge all the bad things out of you. Today, actually, the Holy Spirit told me to pray for a group of people after, at the end of the service. And I will let you know at the end. I want to pray for a group of people. and let ask the fire of God to do something in your life. Amen. So that's one, way, one, one kind of fire. Another kind of fire I mentioned last Sunday is the fire of circumstances. God allows circumstances to come into your life. Problems, difficulties, hardships. You remember the story of Joseph. Joseph was rejected by his brothers. He was sold to be a slave. He was put in jail. He was accused, falsely accused. Then he was forgotten in jail. You know, a lot of bad stuff happened to him. It's like a fire to try to mold him to be, kind of, to be the kind of man that God can going to use at the end. The same thing. We all grew up with many junk, many blemish, many sins and bondages in our life. We, we were trained in the worldly way. And God wants to change us from glory to glory to glory besides sending the fire of God to burn in your life. He also allowed circumstances, maybe disappointments, hardships, something happened, so that we will cry out to Him, and we will seek Him for His help. And then while we are crying out to Him in, during the hardships, during the disappointment or whatever, then God begins to work in our life to change our attitudes. That's why the Bible talks about hardship in First Peter. Let's turn, turn to, is it in the computer? 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12 to 19. The Bible talks about hardships here. 12 to 19. Beloved, do not think it's strange concerning the fiery, Trial. The Bible uses the word fiery. You see, the trial or the hardship is like a fire in your life, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings. I read from New King James Version. I'm not sure what version up there. That when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part, he is blasphemed, but on your part, he is glorified. You can see that God said that God sent fiery um, trial into your life to mold you, to change you, to become an honorable vessel before you can make a beautiful gold plate. You need to burn that gold first. Get rid of all the dross in, and eventually mold it into the beautiful plate for the honorable job on the dining table or on the table in your house. The same thing, God allowed trials to come into your life. I remember I, went, I have gone through many trials in my family. Go through, I, I have gone through many things in this church, but I thank God for all those trials. Because they really changed my heart. You know, the fire or the, the, the heat, the heat of your circumstances will reveal what kind of person you are made of. If you are just straw, if you are just wood, come from wood, it will be burned up. Is that right? But if you are made by silver, you are made by diamond, you are made by gold, it will stay. Amen. And I want you to be made by gold and silver and, and diamond. You need to go through this, uh, this heat and it will come out beautiful. The fire or the, the, the trial will come and test you who you are. What, is, what kind of faith you have. Are you really serious about God? Are you really a disciple of Jesus Christ? Amen. It will really reveal who you are. And I pray that, I pray every day for the members of this church. They will pass the test. They will pass the trials in their life. And they will come out as a beautiful diamond, beautiful gold and silver. The fire will purge the wrong things in your life and make you more beautiful. Amen. That's why Jesus talked in John chapter 15, John Chapter fifteen, he talks about this same issue here, verse two. The Bible says, "Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bear fruit, he prunes." Every say, everyone say, prunes. prunes. What does it mean, prunes? Cut, 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 cut. The normal, the the abnormal part out. Cut the. The Chang out, is that right? He prunes that it may bear more fruit. God prunes you. God used the negative circumstances to come and check you up and test you and reveal who you are. And then you go to, then you cry now to God, you run to God, you, you draw near to God and let God really deal with you and change your attitude. Amen. How many people say, God prunes me? Prune me. How many people want to become more like Christ? How many people say, I want to be a mature man and a mature woman of God? How many people want to stay baby forever? I want to grow up. Amen? You cannot help people until you grow up. So if you want to grow up, you need to let God prune you and change you and, and really mold you by His fire. The fire of the Holy Ghost Everyone say the fire Fire. of the Holy Ghost and the fire of circumstances and trials. Amen. Now I'm going to go into discuss about the fire of the Holy Ghost more in detail. Turn to Acts chapter 9 verses 1 to 20. This is one of the experiences of the fire of God in the life of Apostle Paul. Then Saul, still breathing threats, Murder against the disciple of the Lord. You can see that Saul believed in the same God as Christian, but not in Jesus yet. And Saul was so on fire for his belief. He wanted to get rid of Christians. He wanted to murder, he wanted to kill Christians. He went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus so that if he found any who were of the way, mean. The, the way capital W means Jesus. Whoever followed Jesus, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly, everyone says suddenly. What, there is one thing about the fire of God it comes suddenly. Amen. Like last Sunday. Last Sunday at the end, the fire ca- came suddenly. Amen. And suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. The fire of heaven came. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the gods. So he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice but seeing no one. Then Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. He became blind by the fire of God at that time. God wanted to wake, wake his spirit up. Wanted to make him know that he is coming against God. But they led him by the hand and brought him to, into Damascus. And he was there three days without sight, neither ate nor drank. He was fasting, in other words. Now, there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him the Lord said, In a vision, Ananias. And he said, Here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight, and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. In other words, Paul, after he was touched by the fire of God, he was praying and fasting to seek the will of God. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him, so that he might receive his sight. And Ananias went to his way, entered the house, and laid hand, his hand on him, he said. You see that the Bible talks about laying on of hands. So laying on of hand is not something new. Laying on of hand is not only practiced in the New Hope International Church. The laying on of hand has been practiced since the book of Genesis and down to the book of Revelation. Amen. Hallelujah. Laying on of, uh, lay, lay his hand on him, he said. Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you come, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once, and he arose and was baptized. So when he had received food, he was strengthened. Then Saul spent some day with the disciple at Damascus. Immediately he preached the Christ in the synagogue. And that he is the son of God. You can see this story about Saul of Tarsus. You know that Saul of Tarsus was a persecutor of the local churches at that time. He was a man who hated Christianity so much. He put Christianity in jail. He dragged them to Jerusalem. He was so zealous of his faith. But he was against Jesus and his church. And the Bible says, as he journeyed, he came near Damascus. And suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Who show up there? Jesus. The Bible says, Jesus came. Is that right? In verse 17, later on. In verse 17. Amen. So, when the fire of God came and touched you. Who touched you? Not the man, not the pastor. But Jesus himself used the man of the pastor. Or Jesus himself showed up in the room and he sent his fire to touch you. So you need to understand this is not about human things. But it is holy. It is about the Lord Jesus Christ himself wanting to touch you. And I believe that every person that is touched by God have a head-on collision with God. Everybody who has a head-on collision with the Spirit of Jesus Christ or the fire of God will never be the same. Whoever encountered the Lord Jesus Christ, whoever been touched by the hand of God, That life will be totally transformed, Amen. Look at Saul. He was killing Christians on the road to Damascus. He was touched by the fire of God, by the hand of Jesus. And what happened? He turned around a few days later. He was preaching the gospel. He was a changed man. What happened on that road transpired him so much. Head-on collision. Amen. Two by four. Bam. By the Holy Ghost. He has an encounter with Jesus Christ. He was radically transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Because I know this scripture. I was crying out to God in 1996. I was a pastor. I was serving God already. I was filled with the Holy Spirit. Speaking in tongues already. I was a. Tongue talker already. <laughs> a few days ago, I met a, pa- a, a patient in my office. And, and they wrote down, I'm a Christian. Pente- uh, say Pentecost. So at the end of the at, um, uh, time with my patient, I say, are you a tongue talker? And they look at me, what, what do you mean? <laughs> because he look, they look at me as a neurosurgeon and say, are you a tongue talker? They say, e- eventually they got it. Oh, okay. <laughs> it means that I talk in tongues. So, you know, we are tongue talkers. We we speak in tongues. We are filled with the Holy Ghost. But even though I I was filled with the Holy Spirit, but I was struggling with many sins in my life. I was struggling with my own doubt, lack of faith. Very, very discouraged all the time. Very, I I didn't have much faith to see any miracles happen in the church. I was crying to God, God, if you touch Saul of Tarsus, 2,000 years ago. I need that touch. I need that touch. I need the fire of God to touch me, to change me. I need the head-on collision with you. My life will never be the same. I cry now to God and you know God answered my prayer. In 1996, I was touched by the fire of God. 1997, I was touched by the fire of God. 1998, I was touched by the fire of God. 1999, I was touched by the fire of God. Year 2000, I was touched by the fire of God. Year 2001, I was touched by the fire of God. Year 2002, I was touched by the fire of God. Again and again and again. Amen. Never stop. Amen. Hallelujah. Now some of you may ask questions, why you talk about all these things, 1996, 1997, 1998, 1999, 1990, year 2000, year 2001. Why we need, why we don't say like this got to God, touch me one time and get it over. You know, we, we like fast food. We just drive in, get number three, McDonald's number three, and drive out, pay and drive out and eat. We all get used to fast food, everything fast, everything comes suddenly. Just click on the remote control, boom, the TV come up. Click, change the channel. We, we like something fast. Nowadays they have the, I find out that they have um, um, navigator system now in the car that you don't need to touch anymore. You just say, what time is it? 4.30 a.m. Go to home? Yes, go to your home. They answer you. Everything is so quick, easy. Navigator system, navigation system in the car. Amen. We get used to those things, but we forget one thing that God will not finish his work on you and me one time. It takes many, many, many touches. It takes the repeated fire of God. Why? Because if He tried to change us one time, we will not be able to handle it. Your physical body. I I don't know how many people have been touched by God before. But I tell you, when God touched me, so overwhelming. Oh, you, just feel, you, you lost your strength. You sit on the chair, burning everywhere in your body. You cry, you laugh, you're drunk. You cannot even talk. You, you, you cannot just, beside yourself, you just, you know, you cannot function. That's why the Bible talks about be filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. God, compare to be filled with the fire of God as people who are controlled, and, and, and marinated, and filled, and just, just influenced by alcohol. You know, when you are, how many people get drunk with alcohol before? How many people have that experience? Don't, don't be shy. I have to. I, I used to. So I raised my hand too. I used to get drunk before. Okay. When you get drunk by alcohol, you know what, what you, it means? That alcohol... Uh, the, the chemical in that alcohol go into your brain, go into your bloodstream and begin to affect your cerebrum, cerebrum, cerebrum your basal ganglion, your motor system in your brain. It, it influences you. It really, you know, manipulate you and marinate you. Amen? And what happens? You speak like, oh, uh, uh, you cannot speak very clear. You walk like this. You cannot stand, you of bow, you say something that you should not say, and some people mad at you or something, you know, you laugh, you whatever. You know, the same thing when the Holy Spirit just fills you with the fire of God. When He just marinates you, just zoom inside you. Yeah. You know, you, what happened? You got drunk, and you cannot live like that forever. Is that right? And how much stuff, how much junk? How much dross and blemish in your life that God needs to get rid of? Lots. Amen? So you cannot do it one time. That's why. How, how many people see in the Bible say like this God sent the Holy Spirit to touch me one time and it's over? You never seen it. Actually, the Bible says in Luke chapter 11, verse 13, I read to you. Luke eleven thirteen. 13. Luke chapter 11, verse 13. The Bible say like this. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, is not in the computer, don't worry, (laughs) how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? The Bible did not say that you ask Holy Spirit one time, you can keep asking, asking for him to touch you. Amen? So that's why I believe with all my heart that to be filled with the Holy Spirit should be a continual and repeated process. Especially, we are living in this corrupted and fallen world. Do you notice one thing? You get filled on Sunday, you walk out on Monday, you begin to get bombarded by all the negative things. And sometimes demons want to come back to you. Demons want to come and give you depression Lack of faith or all doubt back again. You come back on Sunday, the fire of God come and just wash you again. Yeah. You keep, you, how many people in this room take a shower only one time a year? Raise your hand up. I will not be close to you. Period. <laughs> how many people take a shower two time, uh, one time a day? How many people two times a day? I, I take a shower two times a day myself. I cannot stand myself if I don't take a shower two times a day. You know, the same thing. You walk out. You know, a lot of dirt, dust come upon you. You know, you get sweat. So you need to be cleansed again and again. And God cannot do this while you are living on earth. God going to have to come and touch you again and again. I know that this is something that you don't hear much in the churches nowadays. You know, I really appreciate, I want to tell you this. I really appreciate the sermon of this type. For example, the sermon that teach you how to. Number one, do this. Number two, do this. Number three, do this. Number four, do this. I preach that to myself. You heard every Sunday. I preach one, two, three, four. Is that right? You do this, you do this, you do this, and you will be successful. I'm not against it. But you know what? There will be an easier way. Instead of you try to do it yourself, God wants to give you that grace, that power, that change from the inside of you that you don't need to be religiously. Do it with your own strength. That's about the Holy Ghost. When the Holy Spirit comes and fills you, and the Holy Spirit comes and burn the dross, the... You know, the blemish, the, the shafts, everything bad out of you. Then, then you can do automatically from the inside as a second nature. You don't need to force yourself to do it. God give us the anointing, the power of the Holy Spirit, so that we can do whatever God called us to do. God never say that this is a textbook. And do all this by your own strength. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. That God did not give me only textbook to do. Number one, chapter one, principle one, principle two, principle three, principle four. Chapter two, principle one, two, three, four, A, B, C, D. If I have to do that, I rather just go back to the old way because I cannot do it myself. But God gives us the power. Everyone say power. power. The anointing. Everyone say anointing. anointing. The, Holy the Holy Spirit. The fire. of God God. burning on the inside to do what He can tell us to do are you glad I'm glad that I don't need to follow this textbook by my own strength but He filled us up by that fire Amen. Amen and we need more and more and refilled and refilled and more and more He doesn't do it one time Amen Hallelujah. And that's why we keep coming back to the prayer lines. We keep coming back to be prayed. That's why we sit on a chair and just receive the fire of God. Receive the Holy Spirit. Amen. Actually, Christian in the early church, if we want to be the book of Acts Christian, we should be that type of Christians. That we are seeking the Holy Spirit. We're seeking the power of God. Amen. And how can you do that? There is no big formula, I tell you. This, you don't need to be a Bible school scholar to get the fire of God. You don't need to be a pastor. You don't need to be evangelist. You don't need to be handsome like Brother Don. <laughs> or beautiful like all the girls in this, all the ladies in this room. Amen. You don't need that. What you need, not big formula, not big deal. What you need is this three words hunger, yielding, number three, desperation. God loves people who are hungry for Him, yielding to Him, and desperate for His help. Christianity is simple, no big formula. Anyone can do it, but I cannot be hungry for you. You need to be hungry for yourself. Amen. Hunger will come as time goes by. You know, one of the reasons I preach this, I can I build your hunger right now. I'm building your hunger. I, I try to give you order right now. I put the I, I put some kind of food in front of your nose. And, mm, and then your your, your your spiritual stomach. The, the gastric juice of your spiritual stomach start to come out and you, "Oh, I need that. I need the fire of God. I need God to touch me. It's, you build your hunger. Amen." I notice one thing: I'm flying to Asia soon. And I notice one thing. I'm not trying to be comparing, okay? But this is true. Why many ministers in America? love to minister in South Africa, Africa, and Thailand, and Asia. You know why they love to go there? They don't like to minister around here. First, uh, evangelist my friend Cine told me that he doesn't like to preach in America that much. He loves to go to El Salvador and all this country to minister. And miracles happen. Miracles happen all the time in those nations. Amen. You know why? I believe one of the reasons. Because we have too much stuff here. We have nice home, three-door three, three, uh, three door garage. We have all the technology, computer, internet, comcast.com.org, whatever. You know, we can click the, com- we just click the mouse only one time. We get all the information come up in the website and we can go, 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 go. If everything is so easy around here. If you are sick, you just call the doctor. The doctor prescribe medication, call Walgreens and get the medication. Bam, bam, blah, 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 blah. So easy. Amen. Ah, Everything comes easy here. All the materials, all the finances. You know, we are living in a very prosperous nation. And that's actually, it's good. But the problem is this. Because Christians in this nation are living in the world that you have anything you can click one time. You don't, you don't need to be hungry for God. You don't need to depend on God. You don't need to be desperate for God. You don't need to be yielding to God because you can yield just to the computer up in front of you. And you can get whatever you want. You can call the bank and they can give you 5% interest. You can get money from the bank. You can just pull out a card, swipe. You can go to ATM, what, what machine? ATM, yeah, okay. ATM, I never use it, that's why. ATM machine and just punch and the money come out. Everything is so easy. We are so full of stuff. Let me ask you this question. If you go to a Thanksgiving dinner at 2 p.m. at your uh, mother's home and you eat good turkey that two, at 2 p.m. And you have to go to another party at 5 p.m. at your mother-in-law's home. And your mother-in-law actually cooks better turkey than your own home. I will ask this question. If you already fill your stomach with turkey in the first home, at 5 p.m., will you be able to eat another turkey? No. Is that right? That's why... (laughs) You see the picture? You see the picture? That's why I personally, and I challenge my wife and my kids too, I personally make a decision to wake up every morning and say, I'm not going to be flirting and loving all these material things around my life. I'm going to stay hungry for God. I'm going to stay desperate for God. I'm going to stay yielding to God. God I cannot do all these things by myself. I need you. I'm hungry for the touch of God. It's about hunger. Amen? Actually, God loves that. God loves people who are hungry for Him. That's why the Bible says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. You know, you don't draw near to somebody if you're not hungry or or thirsty for that person. Or you are are yearning for that person. You need to be yearning. You need to be desiring for God. Amen. So, what is it? To get the fire of God. To really receive the anointing and the grace and the fire of God in your life is hunger. Amen. Get hungry get hungry all the time amen. realize that you need god amen. realizing that without him you cannot do much you are limited there's a long way to go you still need him period amen, amen. and if you can be hungry for god god going to come and touch you god going to come and minister to you he lo- he's looking for somebody who crying out to him like this god come and touch me. Holy Spirit, come and touch me. I don't care what other people say about me. I don't care what my, my hairstyle is going to be messed up. I don't care that my makeup is going to be in gone. I don't care what people think about me. I need the fire of God. I want to be changed I want the more power to do the ministry. I want to see people get healed. I want to see the people, more people get saved. I want to bring the power of God into my home so that my wife will be saved, my kids will be saved. When I lay hand on the sick, they shall recover. Amen. I'm desperate, Lord. Come and touch me. I'm hungry for you. I'm thirsty and hungry for your righteousness. And you will make me full. Amen. Cry now to God. Hallelujah. And if you can do that, God will show up. The glory of God will come. The fire of God will come and touch you and change you from glory to glory to glory. Little by little, day by day, it's an ongoing process. Amen. I noticed that a lot of people in this room have been changed by the glory of God, by the fire of God. How many people notice that God has changed you by His Spirit? In certain areas. You know one thing? That please, this is one thing that I, I want to really warn you. Don't practice comparison. Don't practice judge, judgmental attitude. You know what? You don't know where people Are in their life. (coughs) Some people here may be touched by God again and again so much, so many manifestations. And you say, you kind of look at, you compare yourself with that person and say, why don't I get this? Why this? And why you always, why you always laugh? You start to criticize these people. But you may not know that maybe they have 100 demons in them since they were young because their parents worship idols. Maybe when they were young, they were bombarded by so many chains and bondages that God had to get with one by one out of their life. You are not in their place. You, are, you don't grow up like them. Don't, don't criticize one another. Don't judge one another. You know, I see this in the church all the time. People just, um, you know, one thing that I don't like the most is some, somebody come to me and compare me with another pastor. Oh, why don't you grow a big church, 4,000 members like that, Pastor? Fast-growing church. I don't like it because I'm not him. I come from different background. Is that right? I don't like comparison, and I never compare people in the church. You know what? Because God created you unique. Therefore, don't judge people. Don't criticize people. Don't compare people. Because people come from different places, different backgrounds, different, you know, composition in their life. Some people need a lot of the touch of God. Some people may be fine. They don't need a lot. I remember when I first was touched by the fire of God. I have so many manifestations. I tell you, I was at the beginning in 1996, 1997. I cried like a baby for one hour on the floor. I just cried and cried and cried. I was so embarrassed because everyone looked at this guy. This neurosurgeon was on the floor crying. And my... just. The saliva come out, the, the, the you know the milk, everything come out, and I look like mess, a mess, a messy person. Like I was mess, I was, you know, <laughs> you know. I, but and then another year, I was touched by God. I was just shaking and you know laughing. But lately, I have an I have less manifestation. Why? Because I think in the early years, God was cleaning me up a lot. He was cleaning me up, cleaning me up. And after he cleaned up for a while, he began to fill up. There are two things about a glass of water. If you have a dirty water inside here, the first thing before, before you put good stuff in there, good water, you need to pour out, get rid the... Good. <clears throat> you need to get rid of the dirty water first, clean it up, wash the glass, and then you begin... To put in the good water. The same thing in our life. If you admit, if you agree with God, and you're desperate, and say, God, I have many junk in my life. I have trash. I have bondages. I have dross and chaff and all kind of things that you don't need me to have. If you humble yourself and say, I need to be cleaned. I need those things to be purged away from my life. The problem is this, that you don't see yourself. You don't see your own weaknesses and you don't see what you need. So sometimes you have to come to God and say, God, do whatever you need to do in my life. I don't see myself, but I'm desperate to change. You understand what I'm talking about? Sometimes you don't see yourself, but other people see Your attitude. God sees your attitude that you need to change. Actually, there's so much to that. There's so much that God has to do to us and in us before we become like Christ. Think about it. Jesus. My goal is this. I want to become like Jesus. My goal is that I will be such, so loving like Jesus. I will be able to say from my heart that God forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. I, I want to be so powerful like Jesus that when the sick person touch my court here, they will be healed. Like the woman with the issue of blood. I, was, I, I want to be so full of faith like Jesus that I'm willing to die for the kingdom of God. I want want to be so full of the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom like Jesus that I can answer people. And when I answer, the solution comes and people will be changed. I have not been there yet myself. You understand what I'm trying to say? And uh, have you been there like in that position like Jesus? Not yet. No one in this room has reached that goal yet. Therefore, Don't be satisfied. Don't feel, don't deceive yourself that you are already full. You are not full yet. You need to be filled more. You need the fire of God. You need the Holy Spirit to come and burn and fill and impart and inject and put in whatever to change you from glory to glory to glory. Thank God for the word of God that you need to hear the word of God. The word of God kind of gives you the framework in your mind so that you can approach God in the right way. But it's not just only the word. You need the power of the Holy Ghost, the fire of God to come and change you. I believe we are going the right direction. The church of Jesus Christ will never become what he wants us to be without the fire of God. Without the touch of God. Amen. I want to go to that level. Amen. Would it be nice that if your daughter, your son gets sick, you just lay hands, boom, the sickness is gone. Because you have so much fire in you. Would it be nice when you see the mountain in front of you and you have so much faith by the Holy Ghost, you command the mountain, the mountain move. Would it be nice? Yeah. Are we there yet? Not yet. Is that right? We're still far away from that level. My dear brothers and sisters, I want to encourage you. I am not going to take this time. I preach this slowly. I'm going to take a few Sundays. After this series, I'm gonna, I want to preach about the honor of God. God really tell me the big problem in the church nowadays because of the secular thinking that come from the 70. People have lost the issue of the honor of God. And that's why we see so many problems in the local church. So I'm going to preach about the honor of God about six sermons or five sermons, something maybe take me, but I'm going to hit home. You're going to hear that, the honor of God. And I, 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 even myself, I repent after I prepare the sermon, I repent a lot. You know, that we have not practiced the honor of God in the churches, especially in the northwest area. We just take the God really for granted all the time. We not honor God enough. Amen? Amen. So, the file of God is going to be on a series for a while. What i like to say is this. God is not respecter of people. If God wanted to touch Saul of Tarsus, He wants to touch you. God doesn't have prejudice. God doesn't look at you and say, Oh no, I don't love you. I don't like you. I don't want to touch you. I'm gonna to touch that person. No. God is not respecter of people. God actually wants to touch everyone with his fire. What you need to do is to say, God, I'm hungry. I'm desperate. I need to be changed. You can do whatever you want in my life. Come and touch me. Put your hand upon me. Put your fire of the Holy Ghost upon my life. Forget about tradition of the church. Forget about denominational thinking. I notice that people that are, have most difficult time being touched by God are those who have denominational background, because they get used to one way of the church practice. Amen. But if you go back to the book of Acts, It's about the Holy Ghost. Amen. It's about the fire of God. God wants to touch His people. You need to cry now? The Bible says a while ago, Luke chapter 11 verse 13. If the father, the father who is in our uh, evil in, on earth give good gift to their children, how much more the Father in heaven will give the Holy Spirit, the fire of God is from the Holy Spirit, to those who ask Him. You need to ask God. Cry now to God. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let me read this scripture. Before I end this sermon, in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. What happened? Is it interesting? Have, uh, have you ever thought about this? That thousands of people followed Jesus while he was walking on earth. Is that right? Everyone agree with me? He fed 5,000 people. They get healed, they get fed, they see miracle, miracle, miracle. After he was raised from the dead, 500 people saw him with their own eyes. I believe that must be more than 500 people involved with this miracle of resurrection. But only 500 that the Bible talk about. But it's interesting that only 120 people were in the upper room on the day of Pentecost when the fire of God came down. Where are those 380 people? Where were those thousands of people? I believe that is the issue of hunger and desperation. 380 people say, would say, you know... It's enough to become a believer, go to church on Sunday. My life is smooth, fine. I have enough paycheck. I'm busy with my business. I'm not going to sit in that upper room for 10 days to wait for the fire of God. I'm busy. I'm hungry now. I need to go out to eat lunch. I need to go out to uh, uh, put coin in the pop machine. I, I, I need some drink. You know, I'm busy. My life is too busy. I'm fine. My life is happy, I'm fine, I have a good job, I don't need anything more than this, I'm safe, I'm going to heaven anyway, God love me. And they left the upper room. But only 120 people were desperate. Only 120 people were hungry for God. Only the 120 people were pressing into God. They're willing to give up their business for 10 days. They're willing to give up whatever they need to do on a routine basis. For 10 days. And they say, God, we're going to pray here. We're going to worship you here. We're going to wait until the fire of God come upon us. You can see that throughout the Bible talking about what? Hunger, desperation, pressing in, yielding, desperation. Amen. And I tell you, my job is to preach to you, to tell you this, but I cannot change your heart. You need to be desperate yourself. You need to be hungry for God yourself. Amen. Amen. You remember the story about the five foolish women and the five wise women. Before the groom came, the five foolish did not prepare the oil. But the five wise women prepared the oil for the wedding of the lamb. I pray that you will be that, those five wise women. That prepare the oil, willing to be soaked by the oil of the anointing of God all the time. Instead of, I'm busy. I'm not going to prepare the oil. I'm, not, I'm too busy. I have so many things to do in my life. I don't care about this thing. Pastor, you keep preaching to me for 10 years. I'm not, I don't care. You know, we need to really get hungry. We need to make that decision. And look at what the Bible says in Acts chapter 2, talking about the early church. Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Unity is so important for the move of God. We need to be in one place and one accord. And suddenly, everyone says, suddenly. Yes, suddenly. This is the way God does things. God always shows up suddenly. Amen. You notice one thing about God and the devil is so, so different. When God came, he came with loud voice, loud manifestation. But when he left, when he leaves, he leaves quietly. You understand what I'm talking about? Look at Samson. He was anointed. He performed miracles. He threw a lion. He, you know, he, he, he was so anointed But when the Bible says, when the spirit of God left him, the spirit left quietly. Opposite to the devil. The devil will come to you quietly. He sneaked into your life and began to eat you up, kill you, and want to destroy you. But when the devil or demon leave you, they will go with voice loud. They will fight with you. That's why when we cast out demons, you see manifestation that the demon will fight, try to stay in the home, in their home. Amen. So suddenly there came a sound. You see, God came with sound. If you don't like sound, it will be hard to be in a church where full of the Holy Spirit. From heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. Each person has his own, what you call in English? Um, that you, I could not find the word now. Make for yourself. What is the word? <laughs> Something that make for yourself. Customize. Customize right. Thank you very much. You have your own customized fire. Each one of you have different fire, different kind of fire, different anointing. Amen. That's why don't compare yourself with other people. And sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Verse 5, And they were all dwelling in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven, and this sound occurred. You see that when the fire of God came, it came with the siren f- f- sound. Very loud. The meeting will become loud. Now I'm not talking about the issue of the spirit, subject to spirit. That is prophecy. This is we're talking about the outpouring of the fire of God. It will be loud. Okay. And if you continue to read in verse 15, for these are not drunk as you suppose. Since is this only the third hour of the day. In other words, the people in Jerusalem saw what happened in the upper room. They thought that these people were drunk. In other words, there was physical manifestation there, like a drunk people. Oh, loud, speaking in tongues, laughing, crying. You know, people really got filled by the fire of God. Amen? I can guarantee if you get touched by the fire of God, there will be some reaction. Amen. You're going to have some reaction. How many of you put your finger in the fire before? How many people put the hand into the electrical socket there? What happened to you? Ah! Is that right? You get some reaction, physical reaction. The same thing when the fire of God came, you have some physical reaction. Can be crying, can be laughter, can be falling down, can be shaking. Amen. Some of you may see visions. Some of you may see, you know, may hear the voice of God. A lady came from Thailand two, three weeks ago. What is her name? Um, I'm sorry. A lady came. She came here to be touched by the fire of God. Uh, She said that she had back pain for many months. God touched her. She fell under the power. She began to cry on the floor. She got up. The back pain completely gone and never come back since then. Amen. Because of the time, I will stop the preaching here. But the Lord lead me today to pray for a group of people. How many of you, you have either your dad or your mom or your family line that has been attacked and killed by cancer? Raise your hand up. Okay, I'd like to pray that the fire of God will come into your system, your body system, and protect you from the attack of the enemy to change the cell in your body into cancer cell. You know that cancer is a cell in your body. The normal cell will multiply and function normally. But when the demon comes and attack you, the cell begins to multiply in a wrong way and turn into cancer. And this demon, type of demon, can follow people. We call family spirit. That's why we call it generation curse. All, of, all the days of my life, I stir up the fire in my heart, my body all the time. A few days ago, one of the patients walked into my room with coughing and cold. <coughs> he coughed at me like this. And I say, huh, oh, this is not fun. You cough virus to me you cough you know sickness to me right away I stir up the fire of God in myself and I say the fire of God in me will burn this virus and I never got sick I did not have a cold for a long time you know because I learned how to stir up the fire of God in me that will burn any things that is not of heaven I believe that the fire of God can sustain you and burn every possible transformation or uh, adapt, uh, what do you call, the change of the cell from normal cell into cancer cell. You will not die of cancer in Jesus' mighty name. But you need to depend on the power of God. Amen. 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 So I'd like to pray for these people. And if you today want to give your life to Jesus, you can come out here too. I'd like to pray. For you, for those who want to give your life to Jesus publicly. Amen. Why don't we pray together before I lay hand on this, brother and sister. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, we thank you so much, Lord, to learn about the fire of God. Father, we believe that you give the fire. You promised in the Bible already. In the book of Joel, chapter 2, that you will send the Holy Spirit, the outpouring of the Spirit of God upon your church. Lord, we welcome the fire of God to come into our life, to take care of every single need in our life, Lord, to take care of our health, to keep us long life, to serve you to the end, to impart wisdom, spiritual gifts, manifestations of the Spirit, wisdom, joy, power, and strength, Bonus and healing into this earthly body, Lord. Father, we, this church, welcome the fire of God. We need you, Lord. We know that this is an ongoing process in our life. And we want to welcome the fire of the Holy Ghost given to us by the Master hand the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that suddenly today, the fire of God will fall, and your people will be cleansed, will be changed, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen, Amen. Those who have relatives that have been attacked by cancer, I'd like to pray for you. Could you please come out here? Hallelujah. If you know that anyone in your family has been attacked by cancer, Hallelujah. May God really cleanse you. Believe God, when you come out, don't just come out casually or religiously, but come and cry out to God God, I believe that the fire of the Holy Ghost will keep me, will burn everything that will change my cell, normal cell, into cancer. I will live a long life, Father. I believe that I will not die of cancer. The cancer demon cannot attack me. Lord, I yield. I'm hungry. I'm desperate. I need you, Lord. You are my answer. You are my healer. You are my king. You have power. You can resurrect the Jesus from the dead. You can create the heavens and the earth. This is the piece of cake, Lord, to do this for me. I come by faith, Lord. Help me. Father, when the hand of my pastor touched me, I receive the fire of God at the point of contact. And I believe, Lord, that supernatural thing happened in me in Jesus mighty name I yield right now Lord thank you Lord Jesus hallelujah hallelujah cry now to God cry now to God cry now God help me Lord help me I open suddenly suddenly yes Lord Suddenly. Suddenly, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Fire. 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 If God wants to make you laugh, go ahead, laugh. Don't hold back. If God wants to make you cry, cry. Go ahead. Don't hold back. Fire. Yes, Lord. We trust this message has ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching series, please contact us at 206 275 one zero four two or visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.org. You may also write to us at the following address New Hope International Church, nine one seven zero, Southeast Sixty fourth Street, Mercer Island, Washington, nine eight zero four zero. Thank you very much.